I told Pastor Lena this last week. I can't remember what night it was, but there was a night that when I went to bed. I go to bed early. I go to bed at like nine. I'm, I'm that's not when I go to sleep. I generally fall asleep about seven or seven thirty on the couch, <laughs> but then I drag myself to bed about nine, go back to sleep about nine thirty. But it's not unusual for me to wake up at four thirty. This morning I woke up at five thirty without an alarm. I tend to wake up. Naps are my love language. I take little 20-minute or two-hour naps in the afternoon, depending on what's going on. That's just how it works. But this week, I woke up one night at 1 o'clock at night, and I was up until 5. The Lord was just, there's, he wants to do business today. I feel like there is breakthrough in the atmosphere today. And it's not just breakthrough for money or breakthrough for whatever. It's, it's specifically breakthrough for things that have dogged us for maybe months, years, decades, depending on, you know, because there's a whole age plethora in here. I mean, there's folks under 20, and then there's folks somewhere a little past 20. And so, <laughs> you know, some, but some of us, I feel like, have struggled with the same thing for years or maybe even decades. And I feel like that today God is wanting to bring breakthrough to, to those. And so I, I, I'm going to try to make the message a little shorter, not short, but shorter, so that we can have a ministry time afterwards. Pastor Easy, if you don't know, back in the 70s and, and the 60s and the 70s, he was a developer and a builder. He built half a sugar land. He built and developed land projects, apartment complexes. He was um, all kinds of stuff. And he taught us, since I started coming, back when I started coming, and, <laughs> uh, that the deeper the foundation of a building, the higher it can go. Now, a house foundation, you'll notice it's not very deep. You can drive by and you can see the top of the foundation. It's not super deep because it's a one-story, two-story house at most. But if you're going to build a hundred-story building, that foundation has to go very, very deep so that when the winds come and hurricanes come, that building doesn't just topple over. And so I'm going to, you're going to kind of get a two-for-one this morning. You're going to kind of get two sermons because I'm going to lay a foundation, and that's going to take a majority, like 80% of the time. And then we're going to build a building real fast on top of that, and then we're going to get to the business of God. So turn with me to James 3. I'm going to read out of the Amplified because I like it. We're going to start in verse 2. So James chapter 3, verse 2. For we all stumble and sin in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, never saying the wrong thing, he is a perfect man, fully developed in character without serious flaws able to bridle his whole body and rein in his entire human nature, taming his human faults and weaknesses. Now, let me just say, I love you all, but that's not one of us in here, including me. Like, so this sermon today hits all of us, okay? We're not going to think about, I wish so-and-so was here today because they really need that. You know, you're not going to jab your sister or your brother, your husband or your wife and think you really need this today. We're, we're going to realize that God is speaking to each one of us individually today because ain't none of us got this down, okay? I love you. So now, now if we put bits into horses' mouth to make them obey us, we guide their whole body as well. Just in case there's non-equestrian types, a bit is a little metal piece 
that you put into a horse's mouth that kind of goes on the back of their teeth, and then you tie either a rope or leather strips to it, and then if you pull gently on the left rein, use my left hand, the left rein, the horse will go to the left. If you pull on the right rein, it'll go to the right. If you pull on both, it'll stop. If you kind of loosen it and, and, and kick them, they'll go. And so it's how you, you control a horse when you're sitting on top of it. So that's what a bit does. And look at the ships. Even though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are still directed by a very small rudder wherever the impulse of the helmsman determines. In the same sense, the tongue is a small part of the body, and yet it boasts of great things. See by comparison how a great forest is set on fire by a small spark, and the tongue is in a sense a fire, the very world of injustice and unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members. That's not talking about family members or church members. It's talking about body members. It's, it's kind of old language, talking about the members of your body, your arms, your legs, your organs, okay? Set among our members as that which contaminates the entire body and sets on fire the course of our life, the cycle of man's existence, and is itself set on fire by hell. For every species of beasts and birds, of reptiles and the sea creatures is tamed and has been tamed by the human race. I mean, even whales, we've got them in big tanks, you know, right or wrong, we've got them in big tanks. We've, we've sort of, we don't ride them, but we've tamed them to a sense. But no one can tame the human tongue. It is restless evil, undisciplined, unstable, full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. Out of the same mouth come both blessing and cursing. These things, my brothers, should not be this way. For we have a moral obligation to speak in a manner that reflects our fear of God and profound respect for his precepts. I'm going to say that again. This, these things, my brothers, should not be this way, for we have a moral obligation as Christians, as those who say we are believers in Christ, for those who say we no longer belong to ourselves, but we have given our lives to Jesus to be our Lord and Savior, not just Savior, but Lord, meaning we have surrendered our mind, our will, our emotions, our desires, our hopes, our dreams. We've, we've surrendered ourselves to him. We have a moral obligation to speak in a manner that reflects our fear of God and profound respect for his precepts. Does a spring send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, produce olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Nor can salt water produce fresh. What we say that comes out of our mouths, these words have power. They have power. What we say out of our mouths has power. And it's the power to bless or to curse. And that can alter the entire course or direction of our lives and the lives of others. Because the Bible says, from the heart, the mouth speaks. Your mouth betrays what's in your heart. 
Now, I guarantee you, if you've been sitting in this church for very long, if somebody said, you believe in healing, you would say, oh, yes, I believe in healing. Yes, I receive healing. Yes, Lord, healing, 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 healing. However, how many of us in our daily lives, if we actually listen to what's coming out of our mouths, now, I will be the first to confess I'm a talker. On the whole DISC personality test, I'm a high eye. I read a thing that said I need a speed bump between my brain and my mouth. There's things, I think my heart is directly connected to my mouth and it skips my brain sometimes because there's stuff that flies out of my mouth and I think, did I just say that out loud? Like, so, I mean, you know, there's some of you that you think about what you say before you say it. God bless you. I want you to pray for me and help me to get there because you know, for better or for worse, stuff flies out of my mouth. But sometimes we get into just a habit of speaking things. Well, of course, I'm going to get the flu. Well, of course, I'll, I'll, you know, one day I'll probably just die of cancer. You know, my grandmama and my mama and my aunt and every woman in my whole house, my whole family's had cancer. And so I'm just waiting for the day that I find the lump. You know, we, we speak things over our lives or the lives of our friends, our family, our nation. I mean, if you watch the news, what do we say over our nation? Well, this whole thing's just going to in a handbasket. We say things, and we and we and and some. I don't do this, but I know some people. I'm just speaking the facts. I'm just speaking reality. I'm being realistic. Well, it wasn't realistic that Pastor Easy would be healed of cancer twice because we had the doctor report and the facts and the CT scans and the PET scans that said he had cancer that was supposed to take him out. But the truth of God's word will trump any kind of realism or facts or whatever. And so we've got to get our tongues in line with the truth of what God is saying, what he is doing, what he is believing for, more than what we see with our eyes. And so I want to challenge you guys to be a little self-aware over the next week or so, to pay attention to what's coming out of my mouth. Am I saying one thing, that I believe one thing, but then am I actually saying another thing? Am I saying, well, okay, of course I'm the one that would get the flat tire. Well, I, I didn't really expect to win that promotion anyway. Well, I, I didn't... I. I, I'm, I'm so stupid. Why would I do this again and again? I'm so dumb. I'm so dumb. Well, my mama said I'd never make it anyway, so I, I guess I'll just stay here in this job forever. There's no need in me trying to get anything better. I don't need to go to school. I don't, I don't need to try something better. This is just my lot in life. You know, or do we complain? You know, maybe you don't actually say anything like that, but you just complain a lot. And complaining... Besides the fact that God flat out says he hates complaining, like it's in the Bible, he hates it. He actually sent snakes to bite a bunch of people whenever they started complaining. So, I mean, you know, if you're not a reptophile, like, you know, I would just mix the complaining in general. But, but do you complain? Because complaining says, God, you don't got this. Complaining is reporting what I see instead of reporting what he said. And it's saying, I don't trust you. I don't think you're going to make it. And it's freaking me out. And so out of the heart speaks 
what we truly believe. And it's, it's from the heart that we give our agreement to either what God has said or to what other people have said. Maybe our parents have said it or teachers or coaches or maybe just our life experience has said it, that you're, you're never going to get there, that you're going to step out and try this business and you're going to fail and that you're going to step out and try to be friendly and they're going to reject you and you're going to try to step out and have a relationship and they're going to abandon you. Maybe just life circumstances has spoken to you or, or maybe just flat out the devil has spoken to you, which, you know, if it's not what God's saying, then it's another voice, but, you know, it might come through another means. And so I'm trying to catch everybody here. But it's, it's from the heart that we give that agreement to either what God has said or to what the enemy has said. And God is, he's after our agreement. He wants us to agree with him because it also says in the Bible that where two or three agree on one thing, so it shall be established. See, it's in that, that, that moment of agreement where we say, yes, God, I am agreeing with you. It's in that moment where our heart meets with his heart and we say what he is saying. It's in that space that the impossible becomes possible. See, it was in that space when I realized that I was a sinner and in my heart of hearts, I said, God, I have fallen short. I have made the wrong choice. I have sinned. I have lied. I have cheated. I have done crazy things, Lord, and I need you as my Savior and my Lord. It was in that moment when I agreed with what he was saying that I stepped from death into life. What was impossible became possible. And so this morning, that's what we're going to do. We're, gonna, we're going to place our hearts in agreement with what he has said so that we can, what's been impossible, that habit, that problem, that that thing that dogs you, that robs you, that abandonment, that rejection, that never feeling like you fit in, that never having the money, never always having the flat tire or the, or the car that breaks down or the, the refrigerator that breaks down or the AC unit that breaks down from those, those things that dog us all the time. I believe he wants to break that today. And here's why. Two reasons. One, he's a good father he loves you. No parent wants to see their kids struggle and never step into their full potential and be able to reach their full, uh, use their giftings and, and to have success and fulfillment from, from their own life. No parent wants that. And he wants that for you. He has a designed purpose. He has a, a ministry calling, whether it's, you know, working in the marketplace or working in ministry or doing a little bit of both. You know, your marketplace is a ministry. So he, he wants that for you. But secondly, secondly, we've said it before, revival is here. It's not coming, it's here. Revival has started. And revival starts in the house of God. And if we're going to have, okay, if you're under the age of 22, would you please stand? Look around. Look around. Okay, you guys can sit. These kids need mentors. These kids need people that are going to stand beside them and tell them, you can do it. 
You are smart enough. You are strong enough. You are good enough. You are talented enough. You are gifted enough. You can do what God has called you to do. You can say what God has called you to say. You can go where God has called you to go. You can go to that nation. You can reach out and pray for that person. You can see that healing. You can see the dead rise, the deaf hear, the blind see. They need that. But if we are so busy... If we're so busy with the same thing that we've been fighting with for the last 5, 10, 15, 20, 50 years, that we can't ever get to what God wants us to do, breakthrough is here, people. Breakthrough is here today. Today. And so that's why it's important that we really, really watch what we say, what's coming out of our mouth. Be self-aware. Listen to what you're saying. I mean, I've said it to my husband before. He's like, well, you said, but I'm like, I don't listen to what I'm saying. It just flies out of my mouth. I don't listen to what I'm saying. Why are you listening to what I'm saying? I don't listen to what I'm saying. <laughs> and I'm not trying to get anybody to, be, you know, look inward, okay? But just like it's, you don't need to check your oil every day. It's really stupid not to check your oil every once in a while, okay? If you guys don't know that, youngins, check your oil, okay? And if you don't know how, get one of the guys, get Rodney or one of the guys to teach Kirk, to teach you. Notice I didn't say some of the rest of you, bless you, love you. Get one of the guys to show you how to check your oil, okay? Like it's just smart. You don't don't need to check your bank account every day, but it's smart every once in a while to check your bank account, okay? You don't have to go around and go, what did I say? What did I say? What did I say? All the time, but it's smart to every once in a while, check it. So for the next week, listen to what you're saying. You might shock yourself. You might actually shock yourself in the good or, or bad way. So when forming a new belief, see what comes out of you reveals what's in you, but what you put in you changes what's there because the bible says um, this is biblical the bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god the bible says that we renew our minds by washing of the word what that means youngins you may not have experienced this before but any of the rest of us that have ever taken queso in a pot in a crock pot to a potluck you have had the horrific job of getting that baked on cheese that ring inside the crock pot off of that thing when cheese has cooked for eight or nine hours on low in a crock pot it leaves a ring that you practically need a jackhammer or a sledgehammer to get it off you've got to put soap dishwashing soap in there hot water let it soak overnight you got to scrub if you use your scrub daddy or your scrub mommy you're going to get little bits of cheese all in and so you're just going through a whole roll of paper towels trying to get that cheese out of there it's the same thing we don't just read a scripture once and oh i'm renewed good got it i'm i'm moving on no you got to write that thing down you got to put it up on the mirror where you see it every day and when you wake up and you see it every night you got to meditate on that thing when you go into your prayer time when you're riding in your car you get that scripture get get it playing all of you i don't know about samsung or galaxy i only know about the iphone it has a recording thing record your own voice 
reading that scripture and put it on repeat. Play it. Let your own mind hear your own voice saying the word of God over your life. Memorize it. Pray it through. Lord, I thank you that I am not the tail, but you say I'm the head. That I am blessed, I am not cursed. That, that you've got a plan for me that I have not even thought about. That it's for good and not evil. And so God, where I see evil in my life, that means it's not your plan. And I can trust you that you're going to work this out for my good. you got to pray it through because then that will start changing what's in your heart. And then that will start changing what comes out of your mouth. And then it's just this whole cycle that starts and all of a sudden... You've, you've now come into that space where you're saying what God's saying, and in your heart of agreement, you're agreeing with what God has agreed, and now we've got two or more. Really, you've got about four because it's you, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and that thing is established, and now all of a sudden in the spirit realm, you are headed in a direction, and those things that were coming at you, those darts from the enemy, the attacks of the enemy, where he wanted to come in and kill, steal, and destroy, God is going, nope, we're going to step left to dodge that one, and we're going to step right, and we're going to dodge that one, and I'm going to put a big angel right here, and we're going to stop that one, and nope, that one's not coming, and, and all of a sudden, you're getting to where you're supposed to be going. So that's the foundation. You guys got it? You're going to pay attention to what's coming out of your mouth. And we're going to change whatever that is, whatever needs to be changed, right? Because here, I, I was going to say I hate to have my time wasted. I waste my time all the time. I hate to have my efforts wasted. And I put a lot of effort into this. <laughs> I mean, I put a lot of effort into this, people. <laughs> as, as lovely as this is, this is not how I wake up in the morning. Okay. There's a, there's a lot of effort into this. A lot of money, time, time to make that money, right, baby? Like a lot of effort goes into this, okay? I hate to have my efforts wasted. Let's just be honest. And so I believe, I'm going to say this word, second part, that's the foundations laid. Second part, I want to say a word, but when I do, I know that some of you are going to think, oh, I know all about that, or you're going to think that doesn't do anything, or you're going to think that's, that's a little trite, cliche, Christianese thing, and it doesn't, it doesn't have power. But I'm going to tell you, love you, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Be teachable, be humble, you know, just accept it. You're wrong. I believe the Lord today wants to bless us. The power of the blessing is undeniable in Scripture. Now, I know that we think, oh, the blessing is just that little thing that you say before you eat. Or, you know, I was very blessed when people brought food over while I was sick. You know, or especially in the South, well, bless your heart, which is another word for you're so stupid. <laughs> Bless her heart. Did you see that dress she wore to church last week? Bless her heart. Somebody should talk to her. Tell her what a slip is. We've, 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 we've watered it down. We've, we've made it into a, a, 
and I get it. You know, we want to teach our kids, and so we make songs for our kids. But, but we have relegated it in our vast sophistication that, that it's a child thing. You know, count your blessings, count them one by one. I will not be on the worship team anytime soon. Don't worry about it. But the power of the blessing is now we see the word blessing throughout the Bible. Right through, like, blessed is the Lord, blessed are my people, bless you, bless, bless, bless. And you see it without cursing. I have yet to find anywhere where it talks about cursing that doesn't talk about blessing, because God's never going to talk about a problem without a solution. Now, prove me wrong. I'm not, I don't, I don't claim to be a Bible scholar, okay? I'm just a talker. I'm just a mouth of God. Sometimes a mouth, sometimes a foot, you know. Whatever. Sometimes the foot goes in the mouth. That's, that's, you know, we work. But I haven't found anywhere it talks about cursing without blessing. And so that means to me, problem solver, goal oriented, list maker that I am, that the blessing undoes the cursing. And I believe that many of us have probably like 99% of us, have probably in some area or another of our lives been operating under a curse, either a family curse, a curse that we've spoken, a curse that other people have spoken, either just a life circumstance curse. I, I believe that that is why in some of these areas we have not been able to get breakthrough. And I believe this morning the Lord wants to speak a blessing over each one of us individually to break that thing. See, blessing is, we consider it a special favor, a mercy, a special gift. In Hebrew, I am not a Hebrew scholar, so just, if you are, I apologize in advance, just go with me here. Um, the word is baruka, and it means to kneel, like one knee, kneel. But, from what I understand, in the Hebrew, you can't ever just look at a single word. You have to look at all the words around it and in the context. And so the word related to that is barakat, which is a gift or present. And so what this means is to bring a gift to another while kneeling out of respect. So the one who's doing the blessing is the one that's doing the kneeling. Now, we've always seen it the opposite, like... They kneel before you and you put your hands on them and, and you bless them. But the context that I have found is that what you're doing is you're saying, I'm giving my agreement to what God has said for you so that in the spirit, things are set in the right direction for your life. It's no small thing. Okay, the blessing was so important in Old Testament times that it was the last gift that a father would give to his children. It was the last gift, his dying gift. As he's dying, he would put his hand on them and say a blessing over their lives. They believed in such, in the power of speaking a blessing over someone that they believed it could set them up for success or failure in life. In Numbers 6, 22 through 27 is the Aaronic blessing. It's the blessing of Aaron. I don't know if I'm saying that right. I don't know. It's the blessing of Aaron. 
Aaron was Moses' brother. He was set up as a priest. We are all priests in Christ. So this blessing counts for us. It counts for us to release to others. It says, the Lord bless you and keep you, protect you, sustain you, and guard you. Again, I'm reading from the Amplified because it's fun. The Lord make his face shine upon you with favor and be gracious to you, surrounding you with loving kindness. The Lord lift up his countenance, his face upon you with divine approval. So many people are afraid to come to God because they expect disapproval. They are scared to come to God. Maybe that's been you in some ways. Scared to come to God because you were expecting disapproval. You were waiting for the lightning bolts to come out and get you. It says, the Lord lift up his countenance, his face upon you with divine approval and give you peace, a tranquil heart and life. Right now, I want us to pray. We're gonna, each one of us, we're going to close our eyes. We're going to pray. I want us to ask the Holy Spirit, what area do you want to bring breakthrough? I'm sure some of us would have an entire list of areas. And I want us to realize that this morning, when we do this, it may be like a wrecking ball through a dam, and the floodwaters just rush through, and it's just this huge overnight turnaround. Or, just in case anyone should be fooled, it may be that that ball just hits that wall and there's a crack. But when you've got millions of gallons of water standing behind a wall, a crack is only a matter of time for a flood. And so if you don't see an immediate turnaround, don't give up. Don't curse it. Don't, don't say something against it. Say, Lord, I thank you that it's what you started, you will finish. You were faithful. And, and you wouldn't have said it if you didn't mean it. And so close your eyes. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit what areas. So Holy Spirit, this morning, we believe that this message, this word is of you. It's from you. It's by you. It was designed by you. We thank you, Lord, that you love us. Oh, you've got good plans for us. And Lord, you want to bless us, yes, but you want us to be a blessing for others. And so, Lord, these areas, these hang-ups, these quirks, these, these areas of trouble that constantly keep coming back, the areas of rejection or abandonment, fear of failure, fear of success, fear of, of man, the fear of, of what people are going to say or what are people going to think or, or how am I going to look. Lord, whatever it is, fear of money, God. There's so many of us that, that we don't know what to do with money, and it's just scary, or we think we're not going to have enough. It's a, it's a fear of not having the provision that we need. Holy Spirit, I ask that you speak to each one of us now. Show us. Show us what that is.